Golly was actually we were he was going to get me in to <gasps> win a streak to meet Marty, and that was the f- the weekend, literally twenty four hours beforehand. I was going to meet yeah. Marty, and then it was all pulled because of COVID. Yeah, I was it's literally funny. in Dublin. I woke up in the hotel room, ready to go that that afternoon mm. to the show. <laughs> you never told me this. <laughs> I don't know if you heard, but this podcast is now sponsored. So before we get into the episode, let me tell you about our sponsor. I Love That Ad is proudly sponsored by IRS Plus, the one-stop shop for expert local radio planning and media agnostic brand solutions. If you have a media brief, you need to speak to IRS Plus. Go to irsplus.ie or mail hello at irsplus.ie for more. Now on to the show. A very warm welcome to another episode of I Love That Ad. This is uh, this is quite a magical ad because we are joined by the magical Colm Dawson. How are you doing, Colm? Welcome to the podcast. Hello and thanks for having me on. Colm, uh, Colm Dawson is a comedy magician and mentalist and he's joining me and Shane, as always, my co-pilot. Shane, how are you doing? I'm very good now. Very good now. Now, that was a, that was a little bit of a different start to the way I usually start off this podcast and that's more to kind of ease listeners into the fact that uh, our, their minds are going to be blown over the next 40 50 minutes because we you're the first uh, magician uh, mentalist we've had on the podcast Collie. oh i'm honored god i uh, think you will have david blaine on this it's so popular he's next week uh he's he's coming on next week uh he wants to see how the audience reacts to uh to a magician first so you're, you're the clearly down the coal mine uh, you will love for... this i'll get him for you yeah cheers. he's the reason i do magic now actually really yeah because he had his specials in the 90s on the TV and he did all that weird stuff in the eye and the hand. And yeah, and we're me and him are the same age. And um, when he started the specials, that's when I said, God, this is good stuff. And someone had bought me a trick for a joke at Christmas. And I started to do that trick. Then I started to buy books from the States. And um, all of his stuff was in the books. It's great stuff. Wow. I love what he does. You think he's the master. The master performer. And yeah. do you think that, that everyone's like, like hates the person who bought you that present because you're just, you're literally constantly doing tricks now just because someone got uh, you something as a see, lucky, lucky for me, I was in my 20s when I started to do magic. So some people start when they're a kid and it becomes their personality. Just like some, mm. you know, the guy who plays GAA is like, oh, that's his whole personality is the club and the football or the hurling, whatever. But I didn't start magic till I was in my 20s and it was discovered by accident. Like someone bought me a joke for a trick, you know, like a trick joke. Mm. Here's your Chris Kindle. And there's something funny in there as well. And that's what I started to do. And and you you, you mentioned funny there. So you're, you're a comedy magician. How is that different to just a regular David Blaine of the world? Well, I suppose if you look at David Blaine, I do what David Blaine does, but I only do it if it's funny. And if I'm having fun doing it. So we could be doing the similar stuff. But I just look, my personality is to have crack. My default setting is to have the crack and have a laugh. And that's always the way of being. Even when I worked in a serious job in insurance or in banking, I was always having a crack. I got the job done and I was good at my job, but um, I was always just having a bit of fun. You don't have to be serious, even though what you work at is serious, you know? And I think what's funny is about just talking about David Blaine, I always think he's a great reference for, you know, in the movie The Prestige. Oh, yeah. And you know when the two boys. Hugh Jackman and Christian Bale are talking about the fishbowl trick. Oh, yeah. And then they're watching the old Chinese man after and he goes, this is the trick that he's an old Chinese man so he can hold the fishbowl. There's a bit I always feel when I see David Blaine interviewed that the David Blaine persona 
is the trick. He's not like 100%. that at all. You know that real slow, slow talking? Absolutely, and, 100% And, and you've seen these little cracks. I've seen him do a few funny things where he just smiled at something you're really on. I'm like, geez, yeah. I didn't know David Blaine knew how to smile. And I was like, that's David. <laughs> that's the real David Blaine. And I've, I've met him. He, he played in the Borgoss Theatre a few years ago. Oh, yeah. I actually met him before the show um, with Keith Barry. We went down mm -hmm. to just say hello. And he's normal. You know, yeah, as yeah. normal as David Blaine can be. But he's not the <laughs> weirdo that you see in his TV shows, which yeah. is brilliant because that's the persona. Mm, yeah, Same with Darren Brown, like it's a persona. So my persona is fun and having the crack, and their persona in reality, is the you're, you're not much crack at all. Looks into your eyes, <laughs> extracts the thoughts. So actually, uh, on saying that, like we we have a comedy magician and mentalist on the show for the very first time. Is there is there a trick you can do with us now that that anyone who's listening or watching this can can get involved with? Sorry yes. to put you on the spot here now. Yes, there, there is, there is, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, here, I've got a deck of cards here, right? So it's always good to say that you, you, you guys don't know what I'm about to do, right? And you've mm -hmm. just sprung this on me. So, okay, this deck of cards here has one card turned around the wrong way. All mm -hmm. the cards are facing the camera, all except for one. Now, you guys work as a team. I know you're in business together, so. I'm going to ask Shane a question last. Aaron, I'm going to ask you a question first. What suit do you think the color is in here? Card that's turned over, what suit do you think it is? Do you think it's a heart, a diamond, a spade, or a club? And based on what you answer, we're going to lock in that suit. And then Shane is going to name a card in that suit. I'm going to say club. Club. Okay. Now, would you like to change? I'm going yeah, to go I, for think, spade. I, th I think we should change. I, do you think we should change? Yeah, I do. I'm overthinking this now. I completely, <laughs> this is right, good. Shane, change it to what you think it should be, Shane. It's uh, diamond. Diamond. Okay. You don't want to change from diamond? No. Or do you? No. No. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep it inside for the people that watch this on video. Uh, keep the cards inside at all times. So we're going with diamond and you're not going to change. No. Now you name Annie Diamond. Um, my I I know what my instinct is so I'm gonna go against my I gotta say three three of diamonds three of diamonds don't want to change I don't Aaron do you want to change no I I okay. less involvement to have in this <laughs> Aaron's panicking Aaron it's okay <laughs> I pop the flap on the box if we reach inside here watch take all the cards out here we spread through mm-hmm. You can see all the cards face the camera, all except for one right here. And that is the tree of hey. diamonds. <laughs> thanks for the text earlier, Collie. <laughs> <laughs> and now people will believe that's true. Yeah, that's there amazing. You go. No, so in fairness, now I just want to clarify. We did not discuss that beforehand, nor did I even know Aaron was going to ask Holly to do a trick. <laughs> and I, I'll be totally honest with you. I uh, don't have any magic out here. Usually, this is a this little cabin at the back of my house. I did use it for shows during, co during COVID, but everything is now inside in the house. I have a room in the house for all my mm. magic. And this is just a place to go that's peaceful. And uh, I didn't even have a deck of cards with me when I come in here. First, I just happened to have them inside that hat yeah. there. I sort of use my hat like a handbag and throw decks of cards in <laughs> and my watch and my phone and all goes in. But that's just that deck of cards. That's a 
that deck of cards, two decks, I happen to have two decks of cards with me. That just happened to be on the shelf there when I entered that hat. So there you go. It's spontaneous. That, that's amazing. That's the good thing about being a magician. Some people say, oh, I can't do a magic trick. I don't have anything on me. Well, there happen to be a deck of cards there, but a good magician can do magic without anything. As mm. in they don't need to have a, a prop, you know? And does, does that get annoying when the people doing the exact thing I just did to you? They're going, oh, you're a magician. Give us a trick. It's, it's like, like a comedian. comedian tell me a joke. joke like, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, like if I was a comedian, I'd probably go, oh, God, because the joke, you have to get into a zone to, to get yeah. the people on form for the joke. You can't just deliver a joke cold. But a magic trick, you, you ha you'll always have a payoff with a magic trick. So no, I, I will be honest. I love what I do. So if someone asks me to do something, I love to do something. Yeah. I'm not and one that... There are some magicians who every conversation they have, as I say, becomes their personality. They can't have a coffee with somebody without doing a trick. I'm not that guy. But if mm. someone asks me to do something, yeah, I'm glad to do it. You know, because nobody ever meets a magician. I remember when I worked in financial services, my boss used to say, hey, Collie, bring, bring a little bit of magic out tonight, you know, because we're going to meet XYZ Bank. And, um, you know, nobody ever meets a magician. And it's true. There's not that many of us. Even in Dublin, even in Ireland, there's not that many magicians. But I think as well is the to be a magician that people want to spend more than one trick with. As in they want to hang around with you after you do the magic. I think that's yeah, important. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's where you talk about the personality of it. It's like you go for a pint and then you get to pull out a magic trick. And yeah. it's like, yeah, okay, great. It's like it's it, people love to, it and they, they like to like and I don't mind. I I, I teach magic in schools. Like I mm. do a, a course with, with TY year students and I've actually done it in primary schools and all the way up. But um they love to be fooled. You know, they love to have their mind blown or their mind read. And then they love to find out how it's done. And there's a, there's a, a sort of a class that they do um, an hour and 20 long, usually, you know, double class in secondary schools, where I do four or five tricks and I give them the option to learn one. And they have to vote on the one that they get to learn. Mm. And they go crazy and they fight among each other. Oh, don't vote for that one with the cards. Vote for yeah, the one yeah. where you read your mind with the numbers, you know. Um, and that's what they love. But the great thing is I reveal all the tricks to them. But you're not giving away anything from the magic circle, really. It's yeah, stuff that's yeah. out there, you know? Yeah. And the thing about, you know, when I started the magic in the late 90s, um, to buy books from the internet was what you had to do. Later on, you bought DVDs when we came into the 2000s. Magicians would exchange tricks with each other, but you would buy, uh, you know, an edition of their trick on a DVD. Now, a lot of that stuff's been exposed with YouTube. So you can become mm. a magician just by watching YouTube. Well, I think uh, a lot of people might be uh, thinking this is fun uh, and good crack to have a magician on uh, on the podcast. But you, as as you mentioned earlier on, Collie, you had a um, you had a a, a long uh, and successful history in the corporate world, and there is a lot of similarities across between magic and illusionism with with marketing in terms of kind of telling a story, telling a narrative yeah. uh, to kind of get the get the land and. Uh, there's a there's a there's a, a wealth of uh, or a great a great um, grouping of ads that you've brought to the table that kind of mix mix the two different worlds. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Look at when, when you ask me for ads, I, I immediately thought back to these ads. Like one's the financial regulator, one's for Danske Bank, the bank I worked in. The other one's for the RSA, Road Safety Turn. It was just a it was just an ad that stuck with me from years and years ago, and then I'll tell you why after we watch them. Brilliant. So, so actually, let's let's crack off with um, the first ad. So, what uh, what's the first ad you you want to watch? Uh, let's go with the financial regulator ad. Okay, brilliant. Well, let's let's throw this straight up, and then I think people will know it straight away once it's once they have a look. I don't know what a tracker mortgage is. I don't know how to save money on my car insurance. I don't understand APR. Excuse me. 
What's this ad for? Financial regulator. If you've got a question about personal finance, just get your hands on one of the financial regulator's free guides or cost surveys. The financial regulator is the independent watchdog set up to protect consumers and to help answer your questions about personal finance in plain English. Got a question? Just phone in, log in or drop in to the financial regulator. What an iconic ad that has not been on the podcast today. That's unreal. Yeah. 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 And, and it's, it's an ad that's always stuck with me because I, as I worked as a financial advisor, I arranged people's mortgages and life insurance for them. Mm. And this ad at that time, and even now you'll hear it. It's like a meme. You know, the word meme wasn't out back then. Mm. But it's like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not saying it was well, I'm not saying it was viral, but everybody every so often you'll hear somebody say, I don't know the tracker mortgages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You hear that all the time. And that ad was mid late two thousands. Um reason I know that is you, you haven't been able to get a tracker mortgage in over ten years. Mm. More. Um the banks, the first things they pulled when they started to lose profits in the downturn in the last recession was tracker mortgages. They weren't available anymore. I'm very lucky that I have one. And um Anyone I could arrange a tracker mortgage for back then, I did because I knew they were the only things that would keep the bank honest. And for people who don't know what a tracker mortgage is, a tracker mortgage tracks the European Central Bank rate. And the European Central Bank rate has gone up a quarter percent nearly every quarter of a year in the last two years. Um, but they were great for like 15 years. And I was actually at a, an event two weeks ago and a guy came up to me and says, this is Collie. He introduced me to someone else. He said, this is Collie. Collie was our financial advisor. He got us a tracker mortgage. Right? Quite funny. <laughs> quite funny with, with Irish humour, right? His wife has actually since died. And he said, ah, oh, I think, I think my wife died because we were partying all the time. We, we, Collie got us a tracker. It was brilliant. It was so low compared to everyone else's mortgage. He's like, I think, I think she died because we were having a party all the time. Oh, uh, <laughs> fuck. But you had a good Classic. sense of humor about it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it's tracker mortgage. Uh, that's and that's why it stuck with me. And I do remember at the time, all those people are in a bus, and I was on a, a course, a training course at the time. And uh, the man giving the course, I remember, said, "You know, I I think they missed the trick with this ad." Now this is at the time when that ad had just been released, and I agree with him for what he said. And it was that, you know, they showed people on the bus. This was sort of shown, and, and and the accents are more working class accents as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was like, you know what? Yeah, you're right. Because there were middle class people who didn't know what a tracker mortgage were. There was, you know, executives in companies that didn't know what a tracker mortgage was. And they didn't want to ask because mm -hmm. they didn't want to look stupid. And his point was, you know what? They should have had a guy in a big fancy car go, oh, I don't know what a tracker mortgage is. And that's why it always stuck with me. Mm -hmm. You know, that... Right. Um, tracker mortgages and tracker mortgages were mainly only available to people who had a good loan to value on their property like you got a better rate if your loan to value was below 80 percent um so it wasn't really the people who were first-time buyers that could get a tracker mortgage mm -hmm. um you know so people who were born 90 percent or 92 percent yeah. the time, they couldn't get a tracker mortgage it was people who were doing a trade-up and they had some equity or people who had a remortgage and they had lots of equity in their property could get a tracker mortgage. So that's that was my thing. It was probably people that were more settled, you know, that a few years under their belt. Yeah. The I, I think what's funny about the tracker mortgage and working in advertising and knowing this line is one, I, n I never really remembered what the ad was for. I've never remembered anyone else's line in it to the yeah. extent that I was surprised your man who said, I don't know what APR is. He's from the Sunday World ad with Bertie Ahern in it. He is. 
he's in that ad as well wow. and um but i know i don't remember him from the ad because i've yeah. never looked at it i just think of the guy standing up and saying it yeah. cheapestly but on tracker mortgages i only learned properly what a tracker mortgage was when i got my own mortgage and i was there like i turned to my dad and was like what's your rate and they just don't sell them anymore so no no goes, you can't get them. those yeah, days yeah. will come back but, yeah, yeah. you know we can talk to young people and say oh they got a tracker mortgage and again back to what i said it was the like if, if i got someone in the mortgage and it was fixed for one year well mm. then you're you know that the bank could do whatever they wanted with the rate after that yeah, go yeah, up. Yeah. if you're on variable it can go up and down based on what the bank wants to do but my thinking was always well the tracker is linked to the european central bank and mm. they'll keep it honest so yeah. your margin above the european central bank rate whether it was one percent or whatever mm. would, would not change so yeah. that was that was my thinking on it but so it, i hope it, isn't it unreal though the way they made something that when the agency was briefed on it that on paper must look extremely boring oh the most boring thing in the world yeah the financial regulator and kind of get across that we can explain what apr is what a tracker mortgage is what variable is all these kind of really yeah. kind of like uh, sleep inducing terms and then they make something really funny and iconic uh, yeah. out of it so like there's that alone overcoming that challenge it could have just been an infomercial that's an animation or whatever yeah. easily just to get and here the job we are like, I, I don't know what year that, that ad was i meant to look oh seven it's oh seven so there you go here we right are. before right before we right went. before the drop yeah <laughs> yeah yeah um, maybe it's because people knew their rights then and it kind of kind of <laughs> people were asking more questions of their bank because of this ad so is that is that the hot take we're taking from this ad this ad so. caused the crash. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. Oh, uh, too many people getting trackers. That's what was the trouble. Yeah, that was the problem. Too much. There was too much cheap money floating around back then. Oh seven. So here we are. What sixteen years later, and people still say, "I don't know what a tracker yeah. mortgage is." So yeah, yeah. it achieved its goal. It's become iconic. I can't believe that's so, the first time we've had this on. I know, I'm in shock. It's one of those ones that since we set up the podcast, I've been waiting for it. I'm uh -huh. like, when is someone going to bring this? Because yeah, it's yeah. just such an iconic ad. It's done by, so it was 07, and it was produced by Arrow Films um, in 07. And they they do an awful lot of stuff. They did, um, you know, all the, uh, a lot of the National Lottery, Euro Millions ads recently. Oh, yeah. That would be them. But um, uh, a lot I of like humor and a lot of the stuff. Slide. No, they were the ones, you know, the ones with your one on Christmas Day with the Euro Million ticket. Oh, look what I got yeah, you. Yeah. Oh, you got me the same thing. You know, that type of kind of set mm. humor. I think they did do the one with the slide with your one. Yeah, hidden it. And like, yeah. they have a lot of humor at the base of what they kind of, well, I know they work with creative agencies on that, but they seem to be very good at delivering those kind of really catching, yeah. um, catching look. pieces. What, what I do love in this ad is that it's actually shot on a bus while it's moving and not on like a green yeah, screen yeah, or an led screen that it's actually there and you can yeah. it feels like yeah. you're, you're you're a passenger on the bus kind of thing and it's also self-aware enough to go what's this ad for <laughs> yeah, yeah. you and know what i mean it's 07 and it's financial regulator there was no budget constraints on this yeah. <laughs> they close off the so, entire m50 yeah i'd say the, the yeah. they rented a town they rented our club great that's a solid one now to open your account there Kali. uh in fairness um so what can we expect for our second ad well let's jump to the rsa ad then i think it's vulnerable 
uh, road users is the one. Okay. Uh, Brilliant. Let's take a look. Jesus, I have not thought about that ad in years. Great ad, really powerful ad, such powerful music in it. Yeah, and I've always remembered it. And I was saying to Aaron, I've, I've been looking to find that ad. It took me eight. I only found that ad last night, and we talked about this obviously weeks ago, and I found mm -hmm. the other two ads. Um, but I couldn't find this one. But the RSA has a very good channel on YouTube, and I went through and had a look and eventually found it. But at the time, it was very powerful. And the reason why it stuck with me was it was okay so there's a guy walking down the road and the guy nearly knocks him over on a dark road and it's it's a version of him it's like it's his twin it's like the prestige <laughs> same with the woman in the car <laughs> same with the woman in the car and the cyclist she nearly hits a cyclist because it's lashing down with rain mm. and then the interactions in all of these like the last one the guy nearly goes through the lights because he obviously wasn't paying attention and four versions of him are like giving him the stink eye and giving him abuse in each one they're giving abuse now that makes you remember it and that's why it's, i've remembered it but from the very start when i saw that ad back in the day and you might be able to remind me what year it was there i think it was 2012 yeah so 11 years ago uh, well it stood at me at the time i remember going that's a, that's a good ad but mm. wouldn't it be better if they were like hi john i see you there and hi mary the cyclist hi like it's like everybody's driving along saying hello to each other and the pedestrian says hello to the driver that everybody's watching out for each other because I know as a commuter in and out of the city on a bicycle that you know the cars don't mean to hit you they don't want to hit you um you know if it's more done and I think it's a friendly way and that that could move into into our culture into communities that when you go down the road people might wave you know on the country road drivers wave to each other yeah, yeah. Um, and they don't know each other but it's just a thing that happens in the country it doesn't happen in the cities and that, that's what I think you could make it that it's like you know I often see people barge through pedestrian crossings and it's usually in the morning when the children are trying to cross the road mm. and the people that are barging through the pedestrian crossings are adults driving their own children to another school and I'm like how about we make it that it's like hi kids oh, hello you know I think yeah. uh, I think for anyone who's who's listening watching this they've probably already picked up that you're one of the most optimistic and positive people that are out there <laughs> And you're seeing the good in people. You're also you're also the first cyclist that I've heard going. No, it's not the car's fault. No, no, it's it's, it's not the car's fault. But you, so, no, but I've learned that from many it, near misses, many near misses cycling <laughs> in and out of the city. When I worked in a bank in College Green, and I cycled, you know, down Glasnevin Hill and into Bibsbury. Um, yeah, so like, no, I did have a few near misses. But what what I did, you know, you hear people like like I've seen motorcyclists talk about this. You know, the the, the ads they do for motorcyclists mm. to, to kind of slow down and all. Mm -hmm. And I see motor motorcyclists say, "Oh, what a, what what that's victim blaming," but we don't want to kill you when you're on your motorbike or your bicycle when we're in our cars 
and I don't want to be killed by a car or anyone else while I'm on my bicycle mm-hmm. cycling into the city. So my whole thing was, well, I put a light, I put it, well, I put a helmet on, first of all. I put a light on the top of the helmet because I'd read online that a light going forwards and backwards on the top of the helmet helps the trucks to see you better mm-hmm. and then hide this. Um, so you know, so, and I, I put lights on. If you can look like a Christmas tree going down the road and you look like a, like it's a clown bike, well, all the better because everybody's going to see you, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that, that well, ad know, does... So it's, so it's not the victim blame those victims in that ad. Like, that man was in yeah. dark clothes on a, on a country road, so he wasn't helping himself. I... But, God, we... And that's we such an honest... Like, it's that start of that ad I really remember because, like, the, I'm walking home from the night out in Port Leash. I, our house is about 5K out, and it's dark. There's no lights. And I would do that all yeah. the fucking time. So I always remember the start of that just being like, oh, yeah... This is this is completely my fault. <laughs> yeah, but, but it's not. Like if you get hit by the car, it's yeah, always yeah. gonna be dressed. But you're yeah. right, you haven't helped them to spot No, you. no, no, no. Yeah. And being drunk, swaying like you know what I mean, Steph. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But oh, that yeah. what well, I think is a it's a great ad. Like the RSA always make a good ad. Yeah, mm. and it's it's quite, it's a bit different to their their uh, their traditional ads, which are kind of more shock horror mm. Australian genre of of, of road safety yeah. kind of uh high impact whereas 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 that 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 is that's a bit of a, a make you think kind of yeah kind of head scratcher kind of and, and that the fact that i had so many different scenarios you know yeah. uh, i always thought you could make that ad more ridiculous more hi john hi you know all that. Mm. and you'd still remember it you go oh yeah you must concentrate when i'm on the road because if you're concentrating you can wave you you you've spotted the person you know but they, they have sort of updated that with one of the one of their recent ads which is um, an old lady crossing, yeah. crossing around. And they sort of bubbles like cartoons. So they yeah. kind of have updated that ad in the vein that I was thinking of. Mm, you know, she's going, oh, does he see me? And he sees and, you know. There's, did you ever get the that, that feeling when you're crossing as ever crossing that, I don't know if it's an Irish thing or just, just a thing where you do where you're, you're crossing, but you, you feel like saying thank you or, or wave out to the driver. But when you don't see that, when you actually are a driver and like you're, you're, you're somewhere else and someone does it like, all right, sound. What do you mean? <laughs> if someone doesn't wave? It doesn't wave. Yeah. Just, just a little, little acknowledgement. Yeah, I think I know you live in Foxford, mate. You live in Foxford. Finger or the hand up, you know. <laughs> is the, there a zebra crossing in Foxford? There, yeah. there is, but it's where there wasn't. Oh, oh god. my god! Go is crit. that the one? But that's on the main fucking road. It's the most ridiculous place. Is that the one? Like that's right the at chain. the corner. Yeah, ah, is yeah. that the library? It's, it's an yeah, outrageous exactly right zebra library, crossing. Yeah. Like that's outrageous. That is a zebra crossing that you don't you don't cross without checking three times each way, and even then you're kind of like. Hello, I'm crossing now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Lads be bombing at that road. Like, it's the main road. Yeah, more RSA ads for that then. That's what I see. Like, we've taught our kids, you know, when the, the green man, you know, comes on green, just make sure the cars have stopped. Yeah. Because, unfortunately, yeah. Irish drivers are bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I heard uh, one, one of our friends, uh, he was, we were talking about driver tests and learning to drive and stuff, and he said he had a great one where when he was, when he was getting one of the lessons before the test, uh, he was he was at a junction and he just looked right and then turned right. He didn't look left. And the, the instructor was like, why didn't you look left? You, that, that you should look left. He goes, oh, I can only turn right. Do you know what I mean? There's no there's, oh. no, there's, there's no traffic coming that way. He goes, is there someone robbing a bank? 
Deer don't care that you can't go Whoa. down that road. There's, <laughs> there, there's a guy who takes his job fucking oh. seriously. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think it, I've it seen that in the letter in the to North. the Viz magazine. What's one of those ones? You know, always, you know, look to the left on a one-way street in case the car gone the wrong way. Yeah, it was it was literally that, but like in a real extreme, ex- yeah. ex- extreme version. Kali, uh, that's a that's a great RSA one that we we've never had before very different to what they have so uh thanks for thanks for bringing that one and before you know it we're we're on your last selection wow believe it? wow wow yeah last one um i think this was an international ad for danska i think they use it everywhere and i did work there until they closed down in 2014 in ireland and that's where i used to cycle to in the city center college green it's now an h&m shop on college green if you're ever <laughs> in there um but this ad, I remember they brought us into shows, this ad, you know, this is going to be late ad. Now, at the time, I remember I had just worked as a financial advisor in, in an independent company, which almost went out of business in 2010. We were, a lot of us were laid off. 2011, I started with Tanska Bank. And I could tell when I started there, they're not going to last. I could tell they started to close branches and all this stuff. And this ad was to regenerate us. Oh, look at this. We're going to be cashless bank. At the same time, they closed all the branches in the west of the country and all of this stuff. Uh, but this is for us to come in and have a look. So um, we'll have a look at the ad and then tell you all about it. so much in that ad to talk about <laughs> loads. Right. So, how did you see that first what was the environment you were showing that so we were we were all brought into a room to be presented this great ad this thing you had that's gonna go out i was like oh yeah the first thing i said that's good music i'm gonna use that one of my shows <laughs> yeah the xx but that was the xx yeah the xx the intro yeah like oh that's a great bit yeah. of music and i can remember it so so i, I worked there but when I started there, I kind of knew it was a, it was a contract to start, and then it was another contract. I was like, I don't know how to ever get a permanent job in here, and eventually we didn't. Uh, and I said, I'm going to use this. So I I had started to do magic professionally after I lost my job as a financial advisor in 2010. So that's when I started to do it, like all the all the time, let's say. And in the back of my head, I was like, Well, I'm a financial advisor, so you know, I've got the skills, and I did it. I really love my job, and I go back to it tomorrow. I go back to being a financial advisor tomorrow. I still keep up my CPD hours to keep the qualification, um, because what's the point in losing it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Um, but I, I started doing magic professionally then, and then I got approached and I got into Danska Bank. I was like, Yeah, I don't know these last, so I'll keep up doing the magic. So I was doing magic shows. Weekend, I remember I'd be in Taylor Park on a Saturday, and I just wouldn't mention it in the office because obviously it's two different types of jobs. It's a different personality, even. And uh, this song came on. I said, "I got to use that show for an intro, like it's called intro." But it's a great <laughs> bit of music. Yeah, but, it's a it's a solid. And as you said, there's so much going on in there. So I don't know what you spotted in there. So, so this this was around Occupy Wall Street. 
This was released in conjunction with Danska trying to tap into the Occupy Wall Street movement. It was considered a massive misstep <laughs> for the bank. <laughs> one of the uh, one of the nails in uh, in its sinking coffin. Um, but yeah, it just screamed to me. Do you know what it reminds me of? Apart from the XX music being, I think that song would have been out probably about three or four years at that stage. Mm. The XX were really starting to blow up. It remind it reminds me of the Pepsi Kendall Jenner campaign, where a big brand tries to tap into when you align it with okay the Occupy Wall Street movement on and we're, we're a bank we're going to be like we're the new normal yeah. you're like no no you should no, you should not go anywhere have you ever seen that SNL sketch where <laughs> one of the characters so one of the SNLs Aaron you know the one I'm talking about yeah. where it's that Pepsi ad has just come out has trying to align itself with BLM yeah and it got fucking crazy backlash and one of the characters in SNL they mocked up that he is the director of it and he's yeah. calling people being like yeah no it's an homage to and they're and you don't hear the other side of the conversation you just hear his side and everyone's just like oh no i shouldn't do it but we're kind of all here and then he keeps no put your brother on the phone yeah 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 put your brother on the phone <laughs> and he keeps talking explaining it to people so it just reminds me of really like i imagine the creative person was like really into it the profile shots the diversity all this new and it just felt like it just feels like that. I just get that sense of yeah. of it, it, it feels like a, an ad that's a skit of an ad. Yeah. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But the music is so strong. Like they paid a lot of money for that music. Oh, oh I'd imagine they yeah. paid a lot of money for that music. And like even the whole thing is edited around that music. The creative director pitched that music first. Wow. And then I, I guarantee it because he cut the whole thing is cut to it <laughs> without that music. Um, that's mad. Yeah. It's uh, it's great. It's fucking. It's great. You and the, and the other thing that's so stood out for me is so global. The the Blade Runner in there, the uh, yeah. the athlete, and I can remember at the time working at a bank and people were kind of going, "Are you using that that guy Oscar Pataris in that in that yeah. video?" But it wasn't him, but it was a backfire because well, who who knows a guy that runs on blades? Mm. The only one they knew was a guy who just murdered his girlfriend in South Africa. Yeah, literally the most so, famous. Uh, that was a different guy. That was David Barr, a German guy who actually came, got a bronze medal when Oscar Pataris had got a gold medal, I think, in the same race. But um, that was a sort of a backfire because they couldn't really use it then because even though they knew it wasn't Oscar Pataris, the public mm. just saw a guy in Blaze and went, oh my God, that's Oscar Pataris. Yeah. I can imagine. And, and, so the, the money probably, like that ad probably got pulled pretty quickly then. But I, I can imagine that. Yeah, the, it did. It did. It got pulled really quick. The, the Irish marketing team within Danske Bank, and we'd love to. If anyone who was in there is listening to this, please, please get in touch. Uh, but like, I'd imagine if Danske Bank are in trouble in Ireland, they need to, you know, they need to to capture the imaginations and kind of turn the ship around. There, there's already negative news about closing branches in in the yeah. regions, uh, in the west and stuff like that. So it's like, okay, we need something that's really gonna actually makes sense for an Irish consumer and then as a brand manager you're just shipped this international ad that has zero relevancy for an Irish audience yeah. apart mm-hmm. from a song that might be in the charts or was in the charts oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and that like that surely that's the day you go right okay we have to run it but fuck me oh yeah 
I went down, I went down everywhere. It was all over, you know, I was on RT, it was on, people saw it, you know, during the news. They probably didn't get it. After they started, started talking about uh, uh, Occupy Wall Street, they cut to the break, and then this ad is, <laughs> is, is straight on. Um, yeah, that's... God, it's all. It's got global warming. It's got wind farms. It's got everything. It's got rice. It, it feels like trucks. stock footage. Yeah. Man, it's like it got it got a huge backlash. I'm just reading about it here. It was made by a creative agency, a Berlin creative agency called Menschk. And it instantly pissed off the Danish, as in like the papers started writing about it. People started comparing shot for shot real images from like Occupy Wall Street to it to be like what what are you doing? Have you forgotten? Like, because Danska was around like a hundred and sixty one years. Yeah, like Danska yeah. was an they, they old come in bank. Two thousand and six and bought over National Irish Bank, but what they realised then was that they bought a pig in a poke. <laughs> Unfortunately, they bought a bad loan book. Um, you know, it had previously been National Australia Bank, National Irish Bank, um, and then they came in, they bought it, and they realised, oh god, and they left Ireland with their tail between their legs as a retail bank. They still exist as a as a corporate bank in the LFSC, but yeah, um, they were, uh, we could kind of tell they were, they were on their way out anyway. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that, an ad like that is a bit like a, a time capsule. It's a moment. Yeah, it's like, a, it's a great representation it. of that time. You know what I mean? It's like, like when you look at COVID ads now, you're like, oh, yeah. oh, I don't want to watch yeah. this. But yeah. It's a good representation of where everyone's head it's was. flashback. In, yeah. in zeitgeist as well as from marketing point of view. Uh, that's an ad I didn't think I've never seen before. I I, I wouldn't expect it, it to be on. I love that ad, but <laughs> yeah, I love. I wouldn't say as many people remember this ad. You know, lay no. people. I don't think lay people no. remember. I didn't. This ad. I just remember it you it sent it across, and I just normally I I try to get through the ad, and I, I I hit play, and I heard that first note from the XX, and I paused it, and I was like. I went to Spotify and just started listening to the XX for the yeah. first hour of the morning. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> yeah, I was like, fair play, Colly. I haven't yeah, listened to this. Yeah, and actually, if anybody listens to this and goes and looks up the XX playing this live, it's brilliant. It's a great oh, track. It's such a good Get it on YouTube. Like. Uh, Colm, uh, thank you so much for, for that uh, selection of ads. Great selection. Um, yeah. That, that I, I still go back to, I don't know what a tracker mortgage is, the fact that that's, we're what, 124 episodes, 125 episodes 125, in, this one. Wow. That's the first time that's been brought, so uh, props uh, props, props for that one. Um, Carl, you, you, uh, apart from just being a comedy magician and mentalist, you do a lot of kind of corporate work and, and work with businesses and brands and stuff like that. What kind of work mm. do you do with, with, with brands yourself? Brands, I do a lot of MC work for events. And because I've worked in the financial services space, I kind of fit, I fit, I'm a good fit for them. Mm-hmm. You know, like if I do, if I do a job for a bank or an insurance company, you know, life insurance or whatever, I sort of have some in-jokes with them, you know, so I can oh, talk about stuff and slag them off. And, you know, in the same vein, my dad was a prison officer. My brother is a prison officer. I do gigs for the prison service and I've done gigs in mm-hmm. the Mountjoy prison. And because you're in if you have a little in, if you've been in the business before, um, you're trusted, you know? So I'm a safe pair of hands to them when I MC or I do, you know, do an event. And I've be used at a lot of events to do close-up magic around tables and stuff like that, just to create a bit of atmosphere. Because sometimes they have to go in and listen to a speaker for an hour, you know, or they've come out from a room where they've listened to a speaker for an hour. And um, that's where I come in and have the crack with them and have a bit of a laugh. And then another thing of, Started to do um I work with Keith Barry on his stuff for good pals. And uh, when Keith was recording his TV series, um I became his warm-up guy. So from that, 
that has spawned now um, someone who had been uh, uh, working on one of his shows, started to work with a bigger stage in Ireland now with Fox TV with their productions. And uh, as of next week, I start uh, as the warm-up guy for a new show called The Floor, which goes out on Fox TV. And last year, I spent a couple of weeks working with Fox TV on uh, Name That Tune, which is with Randy Jackson and Jane Krakowski. And that was great crack. Cool. So to get paid to go out and have a laugh with people and perform magic, and bring bring a bit of a buzz to an audience. That's really what a warm up artist is mm -hmm. to bring the buzz to the audience. You know, when props have to move and things like that, you go on and you keep them alive. I think, uh, and one of the ones I, I love to do was the National Lottery winning streak. It was the oh, first yeah. show we pulled right before the lockdown, and it was every Saturday afternoon. With Marty Wheel and Sinead Kennedy. Uh, I remember Newell Carey was there for the last one. We'd great, we'd great crack on that show because the audience are coming in to see someone in their family win money, and that was a great show to do warm up for because everybody was automatically in good form, you know. Aaron, did you know? So, Collie, I don't know if you know this, but Aaron is like unusually obsessed with Marty, like unusually obsessed, like really strangely so, especially for a man of his age, for like at least a decade. So, Collie has met him, Aaron. Did you know this, mm. Collie? It's it, it, so much Give so me. that. Collie was actually, we were, he was going to get me in to <gasps> win streak to meet Marty. And that was the f the weekend, literally 24 hours beforehand, I was going to meet yeah. Marty. And then it was all pulled because of COVID. Yeah, I was literally funny. in Dublin. I woke up in the hotel room, ready to go that, that afternoon mm. to the show. <laughs> you never told me this. Yeah. <laughs> so so this, this was the week. So this is, we, we own, our first time to meet was that night, I think. Yeah. And uh, our mutual buddy, Dermy had said, oh, Aaron loves Marty Whelan. Like, he loves winning streak. I was like, oh, maybe we can see, can I bring you along? Because I, I people have brought people in to, yeah. to see the way the show works. And um it was just on the cusp of COVID. And I remember I went in the, ne the next day, I think I, I texted Aaron, I said, I don't know if I can bring you, this COVID thing is going on. Mm. And I remember going into the studio and, and talking to Marty and he said, Collie says, oh, I don't know if we'll have an audience here next week. It could be like when there was, I remember he talked about hand, foot and mouth where celebrities were brought in. They didn't have any audience or competitors come from the country. They just had people stand in for them. I remember Nuala Carey, was standing in that day for Snake Kendi to present. And she said, yeah, she had stood in for a man and played and I think spun the wheel for him or something like that. Mm. I was like, oh, right. Okay. I remember texting her and saying, Listen, I don't think I can get you in, but we'll see how this goes, this COVID thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was our last day. That was Charles, early, early what March. Could what, 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 what could have been? Uh, uh, you never know, it might come back. I think uh, I think we'll uh, definitely have to have Kali as our warm up uh, specialist for the I Love That Ad live show. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I think that's that's going to be a cracker. And Kali, if if someone is uh, is intrigued and, and wants to talk to you about uh, an event or or a project, how can they get in touch? Well, everybody goes on Instagram now, so Colin Dawson on Instagram, Facebook. You know, I'm a Facebook generation fella. <laughs> Put them on that on Instagram. Uh, websites there, ColinDawson.ie. And uh, these things here, th these look like scratch cards. These and there's a little picture of me on there. You might be able to see me there. Oh yeah. Uh, these th this idea for this magic trick that I've come up with came from working on Winning Streak. Wow! Oh, amazing. Mm. So, so you could do it streak now, is all an illusion. Is that what you're saying? Your podcast, maybe episode two. <laughs> episode two. Yeah. We'll second do it. next time you're on. Next time you're on. Yeah. Next time. Next time. The Dawson returns. Yeah. Uh, Colin, thank you so much for for coming on to the podcast, bringing some great great ads and uh, some brilliant chats and tricks. Um, so really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks so a much. Thanks a lot, lads. Um, 
and uh, if anyone was listening and wants to see those ads see those tricks in person go to workwithfold.e forward slash podcast but until next week slonga fold I love that ad is proudly sponsored by IRS Plus, the one-stop shop for expert local radio planning and media agnostic brand solutions. If you have a media brief, you need to speak to IRS Plus. Go to irsplus.ie or mail hello at irsplus.ie for more.